You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. that uh, song from the 90s, From a Distance. I want to talk today and share today what I believe the Lord put on my heart. And it's all about the distance, the distance you and I can have between us and the Lord. And how even though we can go through a season when we're close to the Lord, circumstances can cause us to drift far away And I'm going to look at a woman, particularly in the Bible, one of these minor people who's just barely mentioned in one gospel by name. And I want to look at this lady because to me, she's one of the unsung heroines of the New Testament that a lot of people don't ever think about or take on board. And she's barely mentioned, but in my opinion, she can teach us an awful lot about you and I and where we can get in our faith journey with the Lord. I imagine because you've come to a church like this on a Sunday morning uh, in the middle of summer that you have a faith journey. You take your faith somewhat seriously. Either you are nourishing your faith or you are exploring whether you want to really have a faith similar to what we proclaim here in this church. So, The distance, and from a distance, it's noted in Mark 15 and 16. Just going to take a couple of verses from both of these chapters. Welcome, Cafe Church. Thank you for waiting, hoping you're uh, able to follow everything there as well. So I'm going to look at a woman called Salome. And then next week, I'm going to look at what I call the other Salome. Two women with the same name but totally different personalities, very opposite outlooks on life. The Salome we're about to look at today, in my opinion, is an example. The other Salome is a victim and someone who was quite used and pimped, to use a current phrase, in her young life. So next Sunday, we continue the series on the other Salome, But today we're going to look at the first Salome, the one who is mentioned a little bit more in the scripture. And let's read from Mark 15 and then Mark 16 and try and see if we can learn anything for your life and for my life from this lady. So I'm going to go straight in and read Mark 15 and 16. The context is Jesus on the cross at Calvary with a loud cry. Jesus breathed out his last. You can throw on the scripture verses in Cafe Church, guys. He breathed out his last on the cross, declaring, It is finished. Some women were watching from a distance. And they were called Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, 
and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed Jesus and they had cared for his needs. Into Mark 16. Early on the third day after the crucifixion, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might anoint the body of Jesus. But when they arrived, they saw the stone had been rolled away and that Jesus was risen. Father in heaven, may your word feed us, nourish us, challenge us, and equip us for the future in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we have some verses taken out of Mark 15 and 16, and it's showing a little bit about this woman, Salome. We do know one other verse that I haven't gone into. It's where this same woman, Salome, who was the mother of James and John, two of the closest friends of Jesus, and we're just told that one day she drew close to Jesus and she asked an audacious request that her two sons, if you will, would have a special blessing, a special preference, a special anointing in heaven. And Jesus never rebuked her for her prayer request. He didn't tell her she was ridiculous or she was audacious or she was too bold. Now, the word bold in Cork means naughty, but the word bold in scripture means courageous. Do all the Cork people get that? So I'm sure like me, when you were small, you were told you're very bold. This is good bold, not bad bold. Amen? She had an outrageous, if you will, prayer request. Jesus never rebuked her. He couldn't give her her request, but he said, that will be the decision of my Father in heaven. And I'm just mentioning that because I sense in the Holy Spirit, God is saying to a parent here, hear me, pray audacious prayers for your kids. Jesus will not rebuke you. Have an audacious faith for your sons and your daughters. If you're a grandparent, have audacious faith for your grandkids. Go the extra mile. Salome was, if you will, out of order. She was praying such favor on her sons, and Jesus didn't rebuke her. So if you're here today, and you've got a son or a daughter who you love with all your heart, be audacious. Have a great faith and pray that prayer for them. Anyway, this is the context of Salome. But for our, the purpose of today's message, we're told very clearly that she was right by Calvary. And we're told with a loud cry, Jesus breathed out his last on the cross declaring, It is finished. This is the most momentous moment in the history of earth when the God-man Jesus Christ finally defeats Satan. And at this incredible, historic, momentous day, momentous minute, if you will, where are all the disciples of Jesus? Where are the 5,000 who he fed, who flocked to him when he was changing, uh, multiplying the bread and the fish? Where are the multitudes who were physically healed of their illnesses? 
was none of them around. They'd all run because it was a dangerous place to be near the cross of Calvary with the twin giants of the Roman army and the Jewish religious authorities. Sometimes I feel there's twin giants in Ireland. There's a very judgmental, historic religiosity, like a spirit of religion that fights against anything of the spirit. And then there's a militant secular agenda that says God is dead. You and I are a third way. We are saying there is a different way and it's a life-giving way. And it, this, this is what was happening here because the Roman army and the Jewish religious authorities were triumphing. Satan felt he was in a place of triumph, but Jesus had just breathed out his last. But who was there? There was a tiny group of people. Mark doesn't record them all, but no more than five, six maximum. Mark only records three. He tells us that there were some women watching from a distance. I prophesy today that some of us are here and we're looking at Jesus, but we are watching him from a distance. There is clear water, as it were, between us and the Lord. It's a bit like you're at the back of the hall and you're watching me speaking at a distance. And Salome was among them because we're told that the three who were at the cross were at a distance and they were called Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and this woman, Salome. Here were the three. First thing we have to say is everyone else had fled but they were there. They were there. And they were faithfully there, but Salome wasn't close to Jesus. Maybe like you this morning, you're there, but you're not feeling that close to him. And is it that she was evil or something? On the contrary, we're told that she was one of these women who had followed Jesus and had cared for his needs. We know that Jesus was not materialistic. Unlike, unlike some Christians today, it's all about what they're wearing or what jewelry they have or how much money they have. And Jesus Christ, the one who was born in the stable, showed a different way. It's not about materialism. There's nothing wrong with materialism. There's nothing wrong with money or, or clothes or anything like that. It's a blessing, but his heart wasn't there. And so... Very often, Jesus didn't even think about money. And we find it was his women followers who out of their own needs. What does that mean? They went to the ATM or whatever they had in those days, and they took out their own money. And it was they who were feeding Jesus and his disciples. It was they who were financially supporting him and organizing the cleaning and the cooking as they traveled and ministered around Palestine. So this lady, Salome, was the real deal. She had put her money where her mouth is. Michael, my friend and fellow pastor, often says, when the kingdom of God gets into your pocket, you really have the kingdom of God. It really is a big thing for you. 
So these were decent women, and Salome was someone who loved the Lord, had served him, and had followed him. But yet we read, she was watching Jesus at a distance. Now you might say this morning, hang on there, Tom. Of course she was at a distance. The Roman soldiers wouldn't allow people to get too close to the cross. And the Jewish Pharisees and priests who were enemies of Jesus, there's always a religious element and it tries to fight what the Spirit is doing. And, and those people would have marked anyone who would have stood out and said, I'm a follower of Jesus. It would really cost you your life. So you could say, how could the woman get close? And my argument, if you will, what I would try and propose today is that the Roman soldiers and the Jewish authorities are circumstances. And the reason you and I are watching Jesus from a distance sometimes in our walk with God is usually because of circumstances. Maybe it's someone else is keeping us from getting closer to Jesus. Maybe it's a mother or a father or a son and a daughter or a partner. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a terrible disappointment. The, the, the list of circumstances is endless. The thing is, for Salome, she had very real circumstances, just as you and I have very real circumstances that keep us from getting too close to Jesus. And so we find on this day, the 13th of August, in the year of our Lord, 2017, many of us are watching Jesus, or we're following him, and we've walked the walk, and we've been on the, on the path, and we're doing the right thing, and we're showing up. But you know what? Actually, he's kind of at a distance over there. It's a bit like if I come home and I go to greet my wife. Sorry, Denise, would you mind? I didn't, we didn't plan this. Would you mind coming up on the stage with me? Why didn't you warn me about this beforehand? Sorry, thank you, my love. So I come home, and if things are good between Denise and me, I come home, and this is how I greet her. I will come up and I'll kiss Denise, and she will thank me. No, she won't. Denise will kiss me back. Now, I can remember once seeing a, an aunt and an uncle of mine down in West Cork, and when he would come in from the farm, there were farmers, he would literally do that to his wife. If Denise has a problem with me, if we're fighting, I'm usually right, she's wrong, but anyway, if we're, if we're fighting... If we're fighting or if there's an issue, we're not going to come up and greet one another. We're going to be at a distance. And there's a gap between us. Thank you, my darling. Give Denise a round of applause for being my, my faithful prop. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble, lads. I'm in trouble. But you get the picture. If you're in, on good terms with someone, you will get close to them. So if I come and I kiss Denise when I come in, I can feel her, I can hear her, I can see her, I can smell her. If there's a bit of a gap and we come back a bit and like my, my relatives and you shake hands, you don't 
smell anymore. Maybe you can touch, see, and hear. And then if you're back a bit further, you lose the sense of smell first, then you lose the sense of touch, but you can see and hear. And if you're even further again, you lose the sense of hearing. They're at a distance, and on and on it goes. You keep, you keep going down the scale from the sense of experiencing the closeness of Jesus Christ. And so the further we get from him, the less we experience of him. The further, the more the distance you and I have this morning between us and the risen Savior, the less we will experience of him, the less we will be blessed by him, the less we will be in the way of him doing something wonderful in our lives. And so Salome, faithful lady though she was, she and the others had a distance. It wasn't only them. When we look across the spectrum, what about the leader? Peter would have been, in many respects, the leader of the 12 disciples and of that whole flock of people. What about Peter? Because we're told very clearly, Matthew 26, 58, that when they arrested Jesus and brought him before the high priest, Peter followed at a distance. Yet again, we see that the leader was at a distance from Jesus. And if you go right across to the other end of the spectrum and you see people who were just coming for the first time close to Jesus, for example, in Luke 17, 12, we're told that as Jesus was passing by, he met some lepers who stood at a distance. Uh, hang on a while, you say. They were lepers. They weren't allowed to go close. Well, we read of many lepers who did go close to Jesus and who broke the rules. But even if you say their leprosy kept them at a distance, it doesn't prove anything. It actually proves the point. Their illness, their sickness was keeping them at a distance from Jesus. So whatever your circumstances are this morning, whether it's a person or a disappointment or an addiction or an illness, and the list goes on and on. Let's be honest. Let's be real. We're real people in a real church. Let's be honest and real and say, you know what? There's a bit of a distance between me and the one I love and the one I follow and the one I serve. There's distance between me and Jesus. And I'm not going to settle for that distance. Some people have a lot of issues that have come against them in life. I love the anonymous saying. Um, it says, success isn't where you've reached. It's the distance you traveled from where you started. So if you grew up in life without an awful lot of love, and mum and dad... Maybe they were around, maybe they weren't around. They never had much of an, int an interest in you. You've had much, a much longer distance to travel, to get here this morning. Some people say to me, I'm barely getting in the door of church. But when you look where they started, I go, I respect you. Hallelujah. You've come a much further distance. You didn't grow up in a Christian home. You've had people who deliberately tried to stop you coming to church. You've been fighting an addiction. You've been fighting um, anxiety. Whatever the issue is, you've traveled much further. What about the people who never learned to read and write? And they can't just turn to scripture and get the benefit of reading God's word. You've traveled a much further distance and I salute you. Who'll say amen? amen. 
Or what about someone who's been in prison and that they've had to travel that journey from being in prison and from being right down at the bottom of their lives and they've come to follow the Lord. You have traveled a far greater journey. So we must recognize that by coming to this place, even if there is a distance, many of us have traveled a much greater journey. So what's the solution? What happened with Salome that she drew closer? In a way, it's a bit like what I was talking about last week when we saw Zechariah lost his voice and how sometimes we lose our voices as well in our walk with God. And in the same way, we read, for example, for Salome, Mark 16, they went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus, but when they arrived there, Salome saw that the stone had been rolled away and that Jesus had risen. What does that mean? It means that the woman who was at a distance from Jesus at the cross, when she came and she didn't give up, she got up early on the third day, she went to serve Jesus, she continued to serve him, even though she was disappointed, even though there was a distance from her part between them, when she went to the tomb, as she continued to serve the Lord, she encountered the risen Savior. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't allow her, he didn't let her be far away. She knew what it was to encounter the risen Jesus, as did Mary Magdalene and then the other disciples. You and I, if we have a distance between us and the Lord this morning, we need an encounter again. Some people think, well, that only happens once when you ask the Lord into your life. That's not true. We need to constantly draw close to him. And we need a fresh experience and a fresh encounter with the Lord. Something happened shortly after this, but 40 days later. And it was known as the day of Pentecost. And 120 people, a smaller crowd, much smaller than what we have heard this morning, were gathered in what was known as an upper room. And we're told, even though we don't get the names of the 120, we got one or two like Peter was there. But I promise you, Salome was in the upper room. And just like the others, we know that Salome, in fact, sorry guys, this is after collapsing down there. Can you move on to the next scripture? Acts 2.4, they were all gathered in one place and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So just as Zechariah last week, if you remember, he wrote down on a piece of paper, his name will be called John, even though there was no one in the family ever called John. And people were saying, why is he calling him John? He was obeying the word of God to him. And as soon as he obeyed, he had his voice restored. And as soon as his voice was restored, he thanked the Lord. And when he thanked the Lord, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. And then he prophesied five clear steps in the same way. Salome was faithful. And as she was faithful, her relationship with Jesus was restored. And then she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And even though it doesn't name them all by name, we're told that they all went out from the hiding in the upper room and men and women went out and mingled and preached the gospel in different languages. They received the gift of tongues or prayer language and heavenly languages and God blessed her and God anointed her. And the woman who had 
a distance between herself and Jesus had that gap narrowed and she came back into close communion with the Lord. And so my call to you this morning is do you need to come closer again? Some of us might be very close to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. But some of us might be so busy that there's a distance. And just like Salome, you're looking at Jesus from a distance. You can keep that distance. We're all adults here. It's our choice. Or we can ask him and tell him and show him that we want to draw closer and we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God last week, people came to know the Lord for the first time. People experienced healing. People saw curses broken in their lives. The Holy Spirit is life-giving, and we love it when the Holy Spirit moves. Who'll say amen? amen? Let's make room for the Holy Spirit to move in our gathering here this morning. Let's say, Lord, I love you. I serve you. I'm doing the right things, but there's a distance. I want to come closer. And if you're here and this is the beginning and you're like those who were at a distance when Jesus passed by and you know, you know, Jesus is passing you by this morning, just like them, draw closer, allow him, allow him to touch you and be filled with the spirit. Could the band come up? We're going to sing um, a song called Better is One Day in Your Court. Now, when the word court, it's not a court of law. It's God's presence. It's an old word for the presence of God. It means where God's people are gathered. One day there is better than, who'll, who'll repeat the rest of the verse? A thousand elsewhere. So one day close to Jesus is better than a thousand days winning the lottery. Who say amen with a loud voice? It's way better to be close to Jesus than ever winning any lottery or whatever it is. One day, and the chorus says, I will draw near. That word draw isn't artist. It means to come close. I will draw near to you. So let's pray that that's you this morning. Will we stand? Can we throw up the words we've got? It? Joseph, lead us in this and then we'll pray. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. We're just going to open in the bridge of the song, which is my heart and flesh cry out. And it talks about drawing near to God. So, My heart and flesh cry out to you, the living God. Your spirit's water to my soul. I've tasted and I've seen Come once again to me I will draw near to you I will draw near to you Better is one day in your course Better is one day in your house Better is one day in your course The thousands elsewhere Better is one day in your course Better is one day in your house John and Charles Wesley, two great men of God, two brothers. I love reading about their mother. Her name was Susanna. She had 19 children in a 20-year period. Hallelujah. And you know what? Her husband loved to go off on adventures and leave her alone with the kids. 
He was off serving kings and trying to change the world. She was left on her own with the kids. But all of those children wrote a testimony and they said, when they saw their mother with her apron over her head, this is back in the 1700s, all of them knew she was praying to Jesus at that time. You could say, how could anyone draw close to Jesus with 19 children? She did. And her kids grew up and respected her. And it was because of her they all had a very real faith. But when they saw the apron going over the head, she didn't allow her circumstances to dictate how close she would be with the Lord. So I know a lot of the men mightn't be into aprons. I'm not exactly into them myself. But some of us have got to throw the apron over our head. We've got to say, I will draw close to Jesus this morning. So I'm going to do a call. If you sense that you're watching Jesus from a distance, and like Salome, you're the real deal. You love the Lord. You're following him. I want you to be brave and put your hand up in the air. You can pretend. Now, maybe you really are close to the Lord. Praise God. But if you know there's a bit of a distance... Okay, And for those of us, maybe also for the very first time, you want to draw close to the Lord and you haven't before, this is for you as well. We're going to sing the song again, and I'm going to ask you to come. Let's pray the Holy Spirit. You will have an encounter with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, that will bridge the gap, and you will draw close to him. It's very simple, but dare I say, it's very profound. Any distance between us and the Lord is not good. So let's sing this song again, and I want those of you who lifted up your hands to come to the top. Let's pray God will come upon you. Hallelujah. Better is one day in your courts. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied Within your presence I sing beneath the shadow of your wings Better is one day Better is one day in your courts Better is one day in your house Better is one day in your courts The thousands elsewhere Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Hallelujah. Could you guys just move over to the center here from there? I can't see you too well. That's it. Let's just draw a bit closer. Could we lift our hands to the Lord? And I know it takes courage. You've outed yourself, as it were. You've walked up. And you've been willing, honest, and humble enough to say, there's a distance that I'm not happy with between myself and the Lord. And so I pray over every man and every, every woman here. And I pray that Salome's experience would be your experience. That even though you've been watching Jesus at a distance recently, I pray that you would experience the risen Savior. Who'll say amen? amen. 
I pray that you would encounter the Holy Spirit and that he would fill you from top to bottom and that you would overflow by the Spirit of the living God. Come, Holy Spirit, and draw my brothers and sisters closer, closer, closer to you. Greta, this is a word I believe the Holy Spirit would say to you, sister. I just saw a whole load of thorn bushes were planted and I saw you trying to make your way through a garden, but there were so many thorns, you were getting hurt and you were stopping. And I believe the Lord is saying, the enemy has been trying to stop you from drawing closer. He's deliberately planted, as it were, thorn bushes to stop you on your path. And this is the promise I feel the Lord is saying this morning. Could you come up, my love? Just come closer. I just want to lay hands on you. Just lift your hands in the air. And this is what the living God would say. Where the enemy has planted for evil, I will uproot every evil intention that has been planted in your path. I will come against all that the destroyer has done in your life. I will pull up each thorn bush as it were and I will make that path straight and soon and very soon says the Lord you will know the intimacy and the life-giving experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon you again in a fresh in a deep and in an anointed way and so I come against everything that the enemy has done in your life every thorn bush to stop your progress and we say right now hands off in Jesus name we pray an open door for our sister to draw closer may her heart know the blessing of the peace of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit fill her afresh now Lord with your Holy Spirit and may she know the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living may she drink deep of the presence of God in her experience at this time in Jesus name blessing upon you hallelujah I believe the Lord is saying to someone else whether you're up here or you're down there I just uh, had a sense someone not a physical middle ear infection but if you get an infection in your middle ear you lose your balance and you've lost your balance you're you're dizzy and reality becomes a bit skewed. You gotta take to the bed until it recovers. And I feel spiritually, someone has lost their balance with the Lord. It's like a spiritual virus has attacked your system. And I believe the Lord is saying, that is the enemy, it's not greeted someone else. So if you recognize that you've lost your balance, you know that's you, I want you to be brave and lift up your hand because Church is like a hospital. We all get sick and we need the Lord to make us better at times. So if that's you, would you lift up your hand? Be brave. Okay. Six, okay, so we've got three or four people. Could you come up to the top just over here, guys? We're just going to pray. Could any of the leaders of the church, any of the mature Christians, just come up and let's put our hands. Is it you as well, Caelan? Just come in here. Praise God. Just lift up your hands high, guys, if it's you. Praise God. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, for each one of our brothers and our sisters here, as they are aware of this spiritual virus causing them to lose their balance, we pray in Jesus' name that we would be like 
uh, an antibiotic to a bacterial infection. We would be like, uh, our prayers would come against everything that would stop our brothers and sisters getting closer to you. Give them their balance again, O oh God. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation. I pray now, Lord Jesus Christ, that all this attack, this spiritual attack in their system would be gone by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill each one of them now, Lord, and let them know that you are fighting for them. We come against this imbalance, and we pray that you would walk again, and that you would run again. And we pray that that sense of being dizzy would be gone now, in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Caelan, this is what the Lord would say to you. The enemy has planned a dry riverbed. He has built a barrier upstream to stop the living waters getting to you. And as you have been following and walking, you have seen the river in your life getting drier and drier. But I have sent prayer warriors, says the Lord. And their prayers are like bulldozers. And the blockage that Satan has put upstream to the river of life for your experience is being demolished even now. You will be drenched, says the Lord. You will be soaked, says the Lord. You will be dripping. You will be like even as in the book of Ezekiel when the prophet walked into the water up to his ankles, then to his knees, his waist, and then he was submerged. These coming months, says the Lord, will see you being submerged in the Holy Spirit. You will be drenched. And you will say, I remember the time when the desert ended. I remember the day when the prayers were said. So we pray for you now, Caelan. And we demolish every argument. And we demolish every blockage that has been coming against you. In Jesus' name, let this young man soar and thrive in the kingdom of God. And all God's people said... Praise God. Someone here is grieving and that death, it's a physical death. It's a shadow over your soul. You came, you've overcome this before, but it's come back. And someone here just needs a touch from the Holy Spirit for grieving. That's the circumstance that's keeping a bit of a distance. Is there anyone here like that? You're grieving for someone deep in your heart. Okay. Praise God. Lord, we pray for Sophie now, and we pray for the Spirit to come upon her. And Lord, we pray comfort and consolation in Jesus' name. Sophie, I pray that the Lord would wipe away your tears and that he would be like ointment poured forth into your soul. May every memory that is hurting you now be turned into a blessing. We pray that your sadness, though it endures for the night, that joy would come in the morning. May the living God comfort and console you, and may he be the lifter up of your head. Holy Spirit, comfort here and consolation. Give Sophie hope again, and let her overcome the sadness in Jesus' name. Who'll say amen? Amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to our seats again, guys, and let's sing this beautiful song as we face the week.
better as one day in the Lord's court. You've chosen to be in God's court in his house this morning. Let's go out and say, may this be my experience for the week ahead. Hallelujah. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied Within your presence I sit beneath the shadow of your wings Better is one day Better is one day in your courts Better is one day in your house Better is one day in your courts The thousands elsewhere Better is one day in your course, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your course. My heart and flesh, my heart and flesh cry out to you, the living God, your spirit's water to my soul. I've tasted and I've seen, come once again to me, I will draw near to you, I will draw near to you. Better is one day, better is one day, better is one day than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day, better is one day, better is one day, better is one day than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, than thousands elsewhere. Last time, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere, than thousands elsewhere. Let's close in prayer, and my prayer for you, not for your family, for you, is that at least one day this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you will experience such a blessing that you will say by this day next week, one day in God's presence is better than a thousand in Majorca, a thousand in the Greek islands, a thousand wherever you want, one day in God's court. So if you want to lift up your hands for our final prayer, I pray, oh God, for every man and woman praying here and now, let it be Monday or Tuesday or Friday or Thursday or Wednesday or Saturday. But may each one of us know a touch from the Holy Spirit, a blessing from heaven that we will say, this day has been a blessed day in my life and it's better than anything anywhere else. May that be our inheritance this week. May you know God's power. May you know God's love his deliverance and his protection, and above all, his presence as you go into the week. May your week be blessed. May one day be better than anything you've ever had before. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, yeah. coffee and tea upstairs. Thank you for coming. It's great to see you here. If you've got to go, God bless you. We might see you Tuesday night. The guys are going to play us out.